Hello, my name is Monique Camella. I am a trauma-informed feminine empowerment, self-love and relationships coach. I created the Good Girl Unleashed podcast as a way to support you on your journey to liberating yourself from limiting beliefs, trauma, suppression, so that we can all come home and live authentically and unapologetically. I support my clients and my community with resolving trauma, releasing suppressed emotions in a safe, supportive way that allows them to reconnect to their authentic self and create a deeply fulfilling life and rich, nourishing relationships. I'm so grateful that you're here. Let's dive into today's episode. I want to share a little bit about my story and what brought me here um, that's really helped me to build a really beautiful relationship with my partner. Um, and I'd also love this to be a bit of a conversation, so I'd love to hear from you guys and what your experience or what your situation is, or if you have any questions so that I can really speak to what's coming up for you. Um, yeah, I'm just going to see where it takes us. So I do have some supportive resources as well that I'm going to be sharing more about as we go. Um, if you do need to leave at any point and you know you want to get some of those extra resources, they're free. Um, I've just got a book on the table by the door. You just pop your name and your email down and I can get those to you. Um, but yeah, I will speak about them more, but I know sometimes we're jumping around, we're going exploring lots of different things. So yeah, just pop your name and email down if you think that might be something you're interested in. Alright, so... My journey with really like a lot of my work incorporates inner child work. It's a massive part of what I do and what I share. And I'm really passionate about supporting others in their relationships because it's we're all in relationship, whether you're in an intimate relationship or not. Uh, we're all in some form of relationship. It's a big part of being human, being part of this experience that we're in. And so we want to have more of those beautiful, connected, harmonious, nurturing relationships where you can actually speak about what you're passionate about, speak about what's coming up for you, to feel seen and heard. And what I notice is a lot of us don't feel seen and heard. We don't feel understood. We don't feel valued or appreciated um, in different relationships. And a lot of us can come from that inner child, those wounds that we experienced in our childhood years. And we tend to see a lot of this come up in our intimate relationships the most, although it can come up in all relationships. But you might find that when you're in an intimate relationship, all of a sudden it's like trigger, 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 getting poked in all those sensitive, tender spots, and it's uncomfortable. It brings up lots of different emotions. It relates is really intense. And a lot of us haven't been taught how to emotionally regulate, to self-soothe, and to move through the discomfort and the different things that get triggered and it's like we start to get angry or resentful or we start to feel like I can't really be my full self, maybe I'll be too much or maybe who I truly am is not good enough and we have these different stories that are playing out and what I noticed that when I met my partner is that all of my shit started to come up <laughs> and I was getting poked left, right and centre and it hurt and it was all his fault <laughs> and so I had to go through my own journey to realise like oh, it's actually not him, I've had this shit before he came along, so I can't actually blame him anymore. And that 
was serving in a way, but it was not serving in a great way because we became more and more disconnected. Then there was a baby that came through and that made things even harder and he started to poke all the slots. I'm like, how do you know where they are too? Did you talk before you got here? <laughs> and so there's all these stories that come with like being in that childhood experience. Whatever you went through, we've all got stuff. And we could have had a beautiful childhood, beautiful parents, and it's not about that. It's just sometimes your parents are loving you in a way that we don't necessarily receive love. So if you've read the book Five Love Languages, you might know a little bit more about what I'm talking about. We all give and receive love in certain ways. And a lot of the time, our parents didn't know how to meet us in that way that we needed in every moment. Because different seasons require you to be met in different ways. And so a lot of us haven't felt seen, heard, loved, accepted, like we truly belong, like it's actually safe to be who we are. Because really a deep need and a core need of being human is to be loved, accepted and belong. And if we didn't receive that as children, then we carry that with us. And we're looking for someone to meet the needs that were never met by our parents. And so we start to attract people into our life that mirror what we experience as children. And this is a beautiful opportunity. It's uncomfortable, it can be sticky, it can be painful, but we attract these opportunities to heal, to resolve this, so that we can actually have these beautiful relationships, that we can experience deep love, pleasure, bliss, connection, all the things that you desire in your relationship, they're all available to you. And these things that are coming up in your relationship are opportunities. But when we're in the thick of it and it's uncomfortable and we're being poked in all the sore spots, it doesn't feel like a gift, it doesn't feel like an opportunity. It feels like just excruciating pain, overwhelm, intensity. Why aren't they doing what I need them to do? And so a big part of what I support my clients and my students with is actually how do we meet those needs for ourselves? But it's not about being so independent that we don't need our partner. (laughs) But it's knowing how do I meet myself? How do I allow my full self to shine through? And how can I accept that even if someone around me doesn't know how to accept it? So it's not that if they don't accept it, it's not good and you should change it. It's that... Maybe they have gotten to know a version of you and now all of a sudden it's changing and it's like, that's a, not what I expected or what I was like, expecting to happen. So it can take a bit of time for them to adjust. But sometimes we can start to shine who we truly are and we realise that we're not in resonance with all the people that are in our life. And so that can come with a process of letting go and saying goodbye, but saying goodbye with love and creating space for who you're truly aligned to be with in the different seasons of life. But that comes with the discomfort and the unknown of like, if I am my true self or if I change in this way, am I going to lose someone I love? And that can create fear of abandonment, fear of rejection, all these different things that can keep us stuck. And so in my relationship, there was a point where I had to come into acceptance that this relationship might not last if I change. Or if I keep needing him to change, if I keep putting that pressure on him like you're not enough and I need you to be this way or I need you to be that way, I had to really be, come meet that 
discomfort of this relationship may come to an end by going through this journey, but what a beautiful journey it has been of getting to share life together, getting to share this journey together, and supporting each other to move through these layers. So how can we appreciate the people that we get to do life with? Because these people that are in your life, you are choosing to be in their life every day, and they're choosing to be in yours. But sometimes we give away that power and we go into that victim mindset of you're doing this to me, you're treating me like this, and we can go into that victim, we give our power away. So in that reclamation of your power and meaning that the discomfort of like, this may not be forever. The more we're looking for this, the one, whatever that is, what I've learned on my journey is actually I'm the one that I'm doing life with. I am forever on this journey, no matter who stays or goes. And I'm getting to do this journey of meeting new people, having new connections, being on this journey. And if we get to do this life together, me and my partner, until the last day, amazing. But if there comes to a time, my partner and I always said in the beginning, I never want you to feel like you're obligated to stay because you put a ring on it. I don't want you to feel like I have to stay because I, I made that commitment. I want to know that you want to be here. And I want you to know that I want to be here. And so I never wanted that pressure on myself or on him. But to have those conversations when one of us may be feeling like something isn't feeling right here, there's some stickiness. Because sometimes we can get into, well, if it's not easy, it must not be right. If I'm not feeling this way, it must not be the one. If he's not doing this, he's not the one. And we create these stories that keep us stuck rather than actually getting to fully enjoy the uniqueness that our partner is and that we are. And so for me, it's been a massive journey, very sticky, very uncomfortable. And a big part of what I teach and what I share is we're here to experience it all. All that it means to be human, all the different emotions, all the challenges and obstacles, ups and downs. But we don't have to make it mean something in the sense of he did this and that means I'm not good enough or he doesn't respect me or he doesn't love me. A big one for me was when my partner didn't show up in certain ways. I was like, it means he doesn't love me because if he loved me, he would do these things. He knows that they're important. Shouldn't have to say it again and again. <laughs> but what I, wasn't, what I was missing was like, uh, where is that coming from? Why do I need this? What is this story? Because I'm creating that story. Because deep down, I know my partner loves me. And he loves me for who I am. Not because of the things that I do for him. Mm -hmm. Those are beautiful. And we can appreciate them. But he saw me before I could see myself. And that was very uncomfortable. <laughs> um, a little bit about my backstory is that I struggled to speak to people at all. If I, was, if I had one person come and say hello... All through schooling and in early 20s, I needed alcohol in order to actually be able to communicate. Yeah. Um, and so when someone would come and talk to me, I would just completely freeze up. And so when me and my partner first started dating, it completely froze up and I would just choke and I didn't want to say the whole thing. And then when I would drink, I would find myself getting really reactive and really triggered and feeling like there's something wrong with me. And it was just bringing up all of my stuff. And there was such a deep fear of being seen and heard and of getting it wrong and of not being loved if I wasn't perfect that it caused a, a lot of challenges having relationships. <laughs> um, 
Um, and so for years before meeting my partner, I couldn't seem to get past those like first few weeks of dating. I would just completely freeze up. I didn't know how to express myself. I didn't know how to be myself. I didn't even really know who I was. Whereas when I met my partner, he was finally someone that was able to hold that space while I went through that. And then we've met many challenges along the way and I found really powerful tools to first find love for myself and to find that connection for myself. So often we're coming in and say, I want this relationship because I, I want to feel something and I want to get something out of it. That's why we enter into this. So as I asking yourself, well, what do you want to get? And how can you actually meet that? How can you actually meet that for yourself? Um, so I really had to start to learn how to make myself the, the love that he had for me because I couldn't receive that love. I didn't know how because it was so intense. When my baby came through, I was like, I don't know how to receive this amount of love. I was so guarded around my heart that I wasn't able to have that connection because it was just so shut down. And so my journey was actually like, who am I and how can I find my own good enoughness and worthiness and come home to me and love myself so much that my cup is overflowing that I have so much to give. Because mm-hmm. so many of us are giving from empty cups and wondering why we start to feel resentful and overwhelmed and anxious and depressed and fatigued. We need to learn how to fill that cup up and really take care of ourselves so that we're not also getting like really attached on this partner. This person has to be my everything. They have to meet all these needs. They have to do all these things. It's a lot of pressure to put on someone. But when you can learn how to take care of yourself, take care of your nervous system, emotionally regulate, self-soothe, be there for you and love you, your partner gets to do that from their overflowing cup and from that feeling of I actually want to give to you and by giving to you, it fills me up. But when someone like feels like there's this pressure to show up and to do all the things, it's just too much for one person. And I had everything on this one person. Like finally someone that can hold space for me that loves me for me. And he became the everything, the one that I would talk to about all the things. And it was a lot of pressure. And so a big part of my journey was actually building that conscious relationship with myself. Doing the inner child work that released a lot of the resentment, the projection, the blaming, and the triggers. A lot of work that I do, people will come to me, like, I'm triggered by this, this thing is happening and it's bringing up all this stuff. And so I'll support them in healing what's actually creating the trigger. Because when your partner's triggering you, they're just the trigger, they're not actually the thing that's being triggered. There's so much beneath the surface, and if you think about the iceberg, the tip of the iceberg is what we're consciously aware of. Everything underneath is all this stuff, and we're like, why does this thing keep happening? Why do I keep meeting the same partner? Why do I keep having the same experience? We need to take a look at like what's actually going on underneath. And one of my biggest gifts is actually seeing that pattern. As soon as someone's sharing with me their situation and what's coming up, it's like bing, 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 bing. And you can just start to see what's really going on and then from that space really give guidance and support. But I also do a lot of somatic work. So what I find is um, I have a lot of people come to me and like, oh, I've done counselling, I've done talk therapy. It's like, that's just one part of the equation. There is so much stored. So think of like the tip of the iceberg being the conscious mind where we do a lot of the talking, which is beautiful and really needed. 
but then the iceberg underneath is the body, the subconscious mind, where so much stuff is stored that we may not even be aware that's there. And those light bulb moments that I see when I'm working with someone, I'm like, oh, I can see how this that happened in childhood is now playing out like this, and like, oh my god, I didn't see that before. And it's such a beautiful experience when you shine that light of awareness you reclaim your power and you have the ability and the opportunity to actually do something because you're now aware of what's going on. If you don't know what's going on, you keep hitting the same thing again and again and again, wondering why things aren't changing. And so what I do is I support you to come into that subconscious, into the body and start to heal those deeper wounds, past trauma, generational trauma, the patterns that are passed down from your mom, your dad, culture, media, all the things that we're conditioned to believe and programmed to believe, especially about ourselves, and we start to shift that. And one of my biggest things is like really starting with the foundations. And we need to learn how to regulate our nervous system and our emotions. Because a lot of us are reacting rather than responding to what's going on in our life. And when we're in conversation with our partner, we tend to get triggered or reactive and we can lose ourselves. And what I find happens is the inner child hijacks the system. And it's just like, oh, why did I do that? Why did I say that? And we go away and we think about it and we can feel shame, which can just get us really stuck um, in the density and then we can kind of go into shutdown, coping mechanisms, protective mechanisms. And we just find ourselves getting more and more disconnected from ourselves, from our partner, and feeling powerless and helpless, like what can I actually do to change this? And then sometimes we might even just choose to leave the relationship because it seems easier, or it's like, well, I can't figure this out, nothing's changing, I'm just gonna go. And the amount of times that I felt that in my own relationship, that I just was looking for the escape route, because that was my protection mechanism of how can I get out of this discomfort and this pain? And I'm so glad that it didn't because I kept moving through the layers and it was a painful process. But every layer I learned so much and it's become the embodiment of what I share and teach and support others with. And this last, I would say, especially the last three years, but over the last year and a half, it's just been mind-blowing how much has shifted because of all the years of work that I've done and exploration. So it's not about needing to get somewhere before you can have the relationship you desire, but you'll find that you receive so much on the journey and when we can learn to appreciate the people in our life for why they're here or like for the fact that they're here, that we get to do life with them, it shifts the whole experience. And that was a massive shift in our relationship when I stopped or when I shifted my focus from you're not doing this, you're not showing up for me here, you're, you could be doing this better and shift it into, wow, look at this person that is just loving me for who I am. Look at what he is doing. Look at how he is showing up. And this is all relationships. Um, if we can just start to see that we're all doing our best and having more loving presence and compassion for what we're all going through because we've all got stuff. So if you're noticing that you're getting triggered and you're experiencing this discomfort and pain and feeling like unheard or unseen or unappreciated, perhaps those around you are feeling that too. So how can we actually lead from our heart and have those beautiful conversations 
that open up the deep healing, deep connection, deep love, soulful, nourishing conversations. And so I have a three-step process that I support my clients through. I do this through one-on-one coaching. I do online programs, retreats, lots of different ways um, to support as many people as I can because I feel like relationships, like I said, it's a massive part of this experience on this Mm -hmm. journey. Um, And so step one is regulation. So regulating your nervous system. And what I mean by this is learning how to come into a calm state, easeful state, where you're not so overwhelmed by what's going on. Because when we're triggered and overwhelmed, we can't respond consciously. We're in reactivity. And we find ourselves acting from patterns and trauma and wounds. And we tend to have all this stuff that we've piled up and we use it as ammunition. And we don't necessarily do this intentionally or consciously. It's like it hijacks the system. So that inner child work is so important to support that. But you can't do that type of work unless you've learned how to regulate your nervous system and cultivate that inner calm. That is the first step if you want to do inner child work or if you're feeling called to do inner child work and heal those deeper wounds. If you've experienced different trauma and you want to go into healing that so you can really thrive in all areas of life, you need to be in that state of ease and calm. Whereas a lot of us are like, oh, this is uncomfortable, we get really triggered and overwhelmed and that's when we're like, I've got to heal this, I've got to do something. And we're going into freak out, panic mode, problem solving, like, what have I got to fix this? First, you actually need to come into that state of ease. And then when you're there, that's when we can do that deeper work. And that comes into step two, which is the integration phase. We start to do integrative work, embodied work, inner child work. Um, integration literally means to become whole. And so that's what I support people with, is becoming whole, coming home to themselves, to their authenticity, expressing themselves. Um, and then we come into step three, which is leading from the heart. So how do I lead from my heart? in all areas of life, in my relationship, in my business, in my work, um, and really allow that to lead your conversations. Because when we're in relationship and we're wondering why the conversations aren't going the way that we want them to go, or they're triggering, or we're finding it's getting like heated and sort of contraction, we're not really leading from the heart. We find ourselves coming from those wounds and the childhood, the inner child wounds and things like that, the limiting beliefs that we're holding. So what I always say when it comes to conversation with your partner is asking yourself, what is your intention here? What do you want to get out of this conversation? Where do you want this to go? And when you can start from that intention, really in all things, I'm always setting my intention daily intention, monthly intention, um, and intention for the year, but intention when I'm entering a conversation with my partner as well, of I'm having this conversation with my partner because I want that deeper connection. I want to hear him as much as I want to be heard. And I want us to have that deep intimacy because you'll find when you're not having the conversations, when that resentment is building and you're getting triggered all the time, intimacy starts to dwindle, if not diminish completely. Mm-hmm. And that happened for us, like, just after birthing this baby, when all this stuff came up from birthing a baby. It's a massive life transition. And we all go through different seasons. And so sometimes it's not even your relationship, that's something that happened with you and your partner, that's blocking intimacy. 
Sometimes it's a death in the family. Sometimes it's changing your work. Sometimes it's relocating. Or something happens at work or, or whatever it is. And sometimes it's building up sort of a series of situations that build up, build up, build up. And then all of a sudden it just cuts off and you're like, what just happened? And we don't tend to notice until it's a big smack in the face like, oh, we're not having sex anymore or we're not communicating anymore. I'm just not feeling connected. I can feel quite instantly now when there's even the slightest disconnection or when that's starting to happen. In the past, it would slowly build up and all of a sudden there'd be no connection. Like something's not right here. And so as I've done this work and really gone through my own layers and started to have, build this conscious relationship, that's when I found I've become more attuned. And I've become more like, oh, I can already feel the subtleties. It doesn't have to get to this big bang of like, holy shit, it's all fucked up and there's all this shit going off in the air and we're just so disconnected from one another. It doesn't have to get to that incredibly painful point where you almost lose the relationship. You can notice the subtleties. And I find that that's the same thing when you're doing the work for yourself, is that we can learn to tune into the subtle messages. We don't have to get to these breaking points that are so overwhelming, so intense, that we completely lose ourselves and we end up with health issues. We can learn to tune into those subtleties so we get the message sooner. And so what I find now is that as I lean into what's arising for me, the different emotions, the triggering situations, the stories that arise, I'm learning from everything and I'm receiving the messages that allow me to have these deeper connections with myself, with my partner, and all of that. So that three-step process is regulate, learn how to regulate your nervous system, emotionally regulate that self-soothing, so important. I do have an e-book called Regulate, which has practices in there to support you. So as I said, there's a book at the door. Um, just write your name and I'm going to send you through whatever I share that today. Um, but that ebook is amazing and I go deeper into inner childhood and how to navigate that, but giving you the first steps. And it's, it's free um, to download and it'll give you different actually guided audios to move into that state of calm. Then we go into the integration work. So I do, um, I'm a breathwork facilitator and I do somatic experiencing as well. But brings you into your physical body so that you can actually meet these different parts that may be hijacking your system. And we can love them. We're not here to get rid of anything. I'm all about embracing everything. Because if you think about it, these inner children that are here, they're doing what they've learned in a past time. They're doing what they've learned how to protect themselves. So they're just trying to protect from further pain, from losing love, from feeling not good enough, um, from feeling not heard, and they're doing what they know in order to feel safe. So if we can meet these parts and be like, I'm here for you, what do you need? I'm here to love you, I'm here to take care of you, and to give to them what the original caregivers didn't know how to give them. So like I was showing up earlier, many of us haven't felt seen, haven't felt hurt, haven't felt loved or appreciated, or there's something that happened in our childhood and I also just want to mention here, inner child doesn't necessarily mean seven years old or any age at all. It means younger version of self. It could have been yesterday. It could have been last week. It could have been a year ago. So when I say inner child, I'm just talking about a younger version of you that is holding on to something that is not who you truly are or it's like a wound, it's a limiting belief, it's a story. And so when you meet that part and you can understand it, why is it holding on to this? 
Why is it responding in this way? Why is it hijacking the system? And when we can see that it's actually just trying to protect you because you are so freaking precious that it just wants to keep you safe, then we can appreciate it and we can give gratitude. Like, I see you. It's okay. I'm here with you. And you don't have to hold on to this. You don't have to carry this responsibility. A lot of us have our inner children like hijacking the system when it comes to our sexuality, when it comes to our intimate relationship, maybe a five-year-old self, maybe a 15-year-old self, that past version of you, it's not their responsibility to carry this, but they've been doing that as a way to protect you and keep you safe, to get those needs met in some way, or however it thinks it's going to get those needs met. So if we can meet and be like, I see you and I thank you for your service, you don't have to carry that anymore, and we can start to put in new seeds of providing the wisdom that's going to support that part to evolve and grow and move into a state of security and safety and love when we can give them the needs that it's been craving being met from, whether it's the original caregiver or someone else that they've been needing something from because that's what tends to happen is that that need hasn't been met so you'll find that in a child is craving like please meet my need, please meet my need and it's trying to do anything it can to get that need met, even abandoning yourself, even beating yourself up, or criticizing yourself, or putting yourself down. In some way, it believes that is serving it. So if we can understand it and meet that part and say, you don't need to do it that way, we can actually do it this way. But we're not doing it in a way of criticizing this part, we're just showing it a new way of how this can actually be of greater service and how this can be more fun and enjoyable and safe and bring more love than it could have even imagined. When we can rewire the belief systems around, you have always been good enough, you have always been worthy, you deserve all of the love and all of the goodness and all the beauty life has to offer, this part can start to feel safe, it can start to integrate and come into wholeness, and it doesn't have to block you from your pleasure and your love and the beauty and the abundance and all the things that you deserve. So we go into the body because often the mind gets in the way. And so we want to come into the body and find where is this inner child actually stored inside of you. Often you'll find that it's stored in a part where you might experience a lot of tension, a lot of physical pain, maybe a disease or an illness. And this part is like this dense energy that's stuck somewhere. And so we connect to that part and we give it a voice and we allow it to be seen and heard and loved. And that's how it integrates. So a lot of the time I'll get people come to me, I need to get rid of this thing. This is not serving me or I'm self-sabotaging. It's like, I don't believe that we actually self-sabotage or do things that don't serve. It's just that the presence of it knows that this isn't the, the highest service way. But this part that is doing the thing, the protective mechanism, the coping mechanism, it believes this is of service. Otherwise, it wouldn't do it. And so we can meet that part and show it how it's actually not the best way of like this isn't actually serving or this is hurting, this is causing more harm. And we can give it some new ways that are actually really empowering and nourishing. That part of you can start to integrate and release the control of your life and your relationships. And then that creates a space to build those relationships that you truly desire, to have the life that you truly desire, to experience abundance. And then we come into step three, which is lead from the heart. And like I said, that's how do I get out of the head and the ego or what I think I should want, what I think I should do, what I think I should believe. 
what they say that I should do. We can give so much power away. How do we bring that power home? Step into your personal power, reclaim your innate worthiness of you're already worthy. There's, it's not a destination to get to. You were born with it and we come home to that worthiness. And then we bring that worthiness into our relationship. And when we know that we're good enough, when we know we're amazing and we're worthy, we shine and we show up as our full self. And our partner gets to experience the beauty of that full self. And if it's not for them, that's okay. And we create space for that aligned being to do life with. And that's beautiful too. And we can still appreciate everyone that's been on this journey with us. I have so much appreciation now for all the experiences I had prior to my partner because it led me here. And it gave me the push and the pick up the ass that I needed to be like, enough is enough, I don't want to be treated this way anymore, I deserve better. And the reason I wasn't getting treated that way is I didn't actually feel worthy or deserving of more. I never felt like I was good enough for anyone. I never felt like I was, like I had this big fairy tale dream of I know what I want, I don't think I'm ever going to get it. So I don't feel like I'm the person that anyone can really love. And so I had to meet a lot of those wounds and that inner child stuff in order to actually get to a place where the one could call in that being. Because it got to a point where I was like, enough is enough. This is not okay anymore. And I set that boundary. And then I wrote the qualities that I wanted to experience in my next partner. And it was a month and a half that he showed up. And when he showed up, I resisted because I didn't know how to receive. So that got the next layer of initiation of like, now we've got to expand our capacity to receive, we've got to expand our capacity to feel. I actually realized on my healing journey that it was so much easier for me to feel pain, to feel depressed, to feel anxious, to feel like when I, the disappointment of not getting what I wanted. And then what I had to find, what I had to work on was how do I expand my ability to feel good, to feel pleasure? I would find myself, especially like in sexuality, like contracting and pushing away pleasure and goodness, and like I didn't want to feel it. It felt so uncomfortable to me to feel goodness. So in that journey of healing and meeting the inner children and healing these parts, I actually reclaimed my pleasure, reclaimed my worthiness, my personal power, my ability to have the relationships that I truly desire to have, first and foremost with me. And so there was a period of my relationship where I realized that shit was not going the way that I wanted and I was kept hitting this wall and we kept having the same conversation. It's like, fuck, this is never going to change because they just keep having the same fight and it's not changing. Like maybe it's just not meant to be and go through this whole process. And I made the decision to, you know, I'm going to focus on me right now and I'm going to focus on my relationship to myself and heal the wounds because I know that there's something so much deeper going on here. And I had to get to the root of what was actually going on. And that led me through a series of experiences and situations and initiations that allowed us to finally move through that block. And I was like, thank God, because I was so sick of having that same conversation and feeling this pain, and I knew that there was more available to us. But I kept hitting these these blocks and these coping mechanisms and this need to escape and we couldn't seem to have the conversation that would actually resolve what was going on. It was through doing my internal work that things started shifting for me and my partner. 
And so, as I mentioned, I do a lot of my work with women. I do work with men as well and with couples. But a lot of my work has been with women. And I've noticed in what, witnessing them shift and heal and come into their authentic self and shine their light, their relationship is completely transformed, just like it did for me. And it's such an incredible experience to witness someone go through that and to see this actually works. Um, it's one thing to experience it for yourself, but to then share that with others and see their transformation is, is really magical. Um, so going through that three-step process, I also talk about my three-step process more in detail in a masterclass that I recently ran. And again, if your name's on the sheet, I'll send it to you. Um, it's called the Goddess Awakening Masterclass. Whether you're a woman or a man, you can still get a lot from this. Um, but it's a three-day masterclass, so I go through three days of talking about process and taking you step-by-step. And then there's guided practices to support you as well. So I've got a couple other resources that I'll include because I, I know I'll be really supportive, including in a child-guided experience where you can actually put what I'm talking about in action because we've only got a limited time today and I do want to start to move into some questions. That's why I've got these resources. So it's like, at the end of the day, there's a lot here. There's a lot to unpack. There's a lot of layers to move through. This isn't an overnight fix. It's not a magic pill of like, I'm going to listen to a conversation or do one inner child healing and then it's going to magically change everything. It can. I've definitely had that experience, but it's a lifelong journey that we are on. And you'll find that by continuing to meet all the different parts of you, not only do you experience more love and connection for yourself, thriving in yourself, thriving in all areas of your life, you find your relationships transform because it's your internal world that is reflecting outwards and, sh- and creating this external world. Mm. So when you shift the internal, the external shifts. But a lot of people are waiting for the external to change, for their partner to change, for their relationship to change before they're happy, before they feel at ease, before they feel successful, before they feel good enough, whatever it is. We're waiting for the external to change, but it doesn't work that way. It's your internal that's creating your external reality. So if this is something you want to explore a little bit more or have more of a chat with, I am around for the weekends. You can also um, connect with me on Facebook, on Instagram. So my full name is Monique Carmella, so you can find me online. Um, my website is moniquecarmella.com, just to make it easy to find. But if you put your name down on the book, I will get these resources to you and happy to have a conversation with you about your situation. And this is a complimentary book. Just that I'd love to have a conversation with you and support you in where they can. But the thing is, we're all in our own unique experience. So by having that conversation, we can actually explore where you are, where you desire to be, and how to actually get there. Um, and that's what I do for my clients. And then we go through embodiment experiences and actually do all the work together. It's pretty amazing what can shift pretty quickly. But yeah, I'd love to open the space if anyone does have any questions or anything that they want me to dive deeper into or expand upon. Feel free to raise your hand or just yell out. So do you do one-on-one, and how long do you do the sessions for? So I offer 12-week containers, and I do weekly sessions, which are between 60 and 90 minutes, um, and that combines conversation and hearing where you're at and supporting you through that, but I do a lot of embodiment work where I actually guide you 
through specific processes and journeys to meet inner children. And it's not just inner child work, there's a lot of things that we go into, but actually embodying. So actually getting out of the head and into the body and how to navigate those situations more effectively. But yeah, it's always going to be unique to you. So I don't tend to say, like, this is what we're going to do. Um, it's more of a like feeling to what's coming up for you, what's here for you, what's going to be most supportive for you. But I find 12 weeks is really powerful because at the end of the day, it's not going to be like, you can get a lot out of one session, but you get so much more when you stay consistent and you keep showing up for yourself and you meet the resistances and you lean into it. Like I said, I'm not, here, I'm not about getting rid of stuff. I'm here about meeting all of it, loving all of it, embracing all of it, learning how to be with all the emotions, the ones that we push away the most. A lot of us don't want to feel anger or grief or sadness, but what we don't realise is we're actually pushing away our joy and our pleasure as well. So I love supporting people to bring that pleasure back, bring that intimacy, that connection, and experience all that it means to be human. It's just really, it's really beautiful. And it doesn't mean, like I said, that it's just all easy after that. It means you have the tools and the ability to move through what arises. You learn how to thrive in adversity rather than just getting through the day. Stuck in survival mode, stuck in stress response, try, like, fumbling through trial and error, wondering like shit isn't changing. We actually get to move through that together. Something that really shifted for me was getting that support for myself because I tried to do it on my own for so long and it just wasn't happening and I just it was so painful. When I had that support, that's when things actually started to really shift for me and that's what I love to offer others. I think it's so important that we realise that this isn't a journey we do alone. We are tribal beings, we are designed to be in community, in relationship, but we weren't really taught how to do it. <laughs> And we've been given the dynamics that we were that we experienced in childhood, and we've watched our caregivers and people in the school ground, people on media, of like learning these coping mechanisms and these reactive responses, not really learning how to lead from our heart. Because leading from your heart is vulnerable. It can be scary. It can be uncomfortable. Um, but if we can strengthen our heart and set authentic boundaries speak our truth, shine our light, really find that inner stability and that inner safety, the whole world changes. And where are you based? I'm actually based, I'm not really based anywhere because I travel a lot. Um, I'm based kind of in New Zealand, but I'm in New Zealand and Australia. We're probably going to be relocating to Australia soon. Um, for the last three and a half years, I've been traveling with my partner, Al. He's now three years old. We started when he was seven weeks. We've been travelling all over New Zealand and Australia, doing workshops, retreats, and I do all of my work online now. Um, so my 12 week coaching is all online. Um, but yeah, different ways to. Yeah. The online 12 week coaching is a one to one or in one to one. Yeah. Where's your next retreat? I'm actually going to be doing a women's. Um, sexuality five-day retreat in New Zealand um, in November. So this is about women's empowerment, awakening your pleasure, coming home to yourself, reconnecting to your body, your heart, your yoni. Um, so that's been a really beautiful experience. But yeah, if you want to talk more about that, just yeah, come chat to me afterwards and all put your name down. And um, yeah, it'll be really cool. How do you hold space if you notice that maybe your 
going through all this feeling process. Yeah. So holding space has been a massive journey for me, and I hear it all the time. Like um, my clients, like, how does we make hold space when all the, like all this shit keeps coming? Because it's like it doesn't stop. <laughs> but what I've learned is by doing this work is when you create that instability and you know how to really hold yourself, like. I've gone into workshops where I've got heaps of my own shit going on, but what I've learned to do is when I enter the room, that doesn't matter. It's, it's left at the door in the sense of it still, still matters of what I love all these parts and these things that are going on. I, I have compassion for them, but it's like these parts of me know, like, mum's got to work now. <laughs> or like, I step into the space and like, I put me to the side and I pick you up when I'm done. And that's a big part of when I'm doing the child work with others and like, if you're in a situation, say you're a mum, and it's like you can't just leave your baby screaming in order to go to another room and deal with your inner child. You say to your inner child, like, hey, I hear you, I see you, it's okay, I'm here for you, but I've just got to do these things right now. I will come back, I will meet you. And make sure you do that, you honour that, because when you don't shop for yourself, you are self-abandoning and you lose the trust within yourself. And then we struggle to trust ourselves, our decisions, or know how to lead ourselves through life and through our heart. Um, and that starts to reflect in other areas where we're not showing up in integrity and authenticity. <coughs> so for me, a big part of holding space is boundary setting, is knowing your boundaries personally, your boundaries with others, um, and knowing how to really take, take good self-care. So again, nervous system regulation, dealing with the, all the stuff that we've just gone through, regulate, integration, lead from the heart, that's all going to help you hold space more. Um, I do support couples as well, like how do we hold space for each other? Or like, how do I listen to my partner when everything they're saying is triggering the shit out of me and it hurts and it's uncomfortable? Like, how do I just sit here and what can feel like take it? Like, it feels like I'm being attacked. And then it's like holding space and learning how to be there without taking it personally. Because when someone is maybe in an attack, or projecting or throwing shit at you, it actually has very little to do with you. And often that can be coming from all the stuff that's not been resolved, that's the iceberg, the stuff that's underneath. But we can hold space from like, I see you, I hear you, I'm open to listening and working through this, but I'm not willing for you to treat me this way if they're being abusive or, or like attacking or anything like that. So again, it's boundary setting. So I have a whole program that's on boundary setting. It's quite a massive topic because it comes with a lot of fear. Oh, if I set a boundary, I won't be loved, I won't be accepted. Maybe that'll leave, maybe they won't honour it. What if they don't honour it? Then I'm going to have the uncomfortable conversation and hold up, hold up those consequences that are in place. So it's a big thing. And again, it's coming to that inner security and knowing that I am safe, I am loved. I am worthy and deserving of respect and all these beautiful things. And knowing that if this relationship ends because the boundary won't be honored or for whatever reason, I will be okay. And so that's what I had to really build within myself and my relationship is if this ends, I will be okay. Because there's this fear that I won't survive. This is what tends to come up. And even though logically it's like, I know this won't kill me, but on some level, it's like, oh, this is so uncomfortable that if, if this happens, I don't know if I'll survive it. I don't know how I'm going to go through it. So we want to build that ability to hold space for ourselves, to take care of ourselves, that inner safety, inner security that's 
a massive part of like the foundational work that I'll do with anyone is we need to come home to that safety and security within ourselves. Because often this comes again into inner child work because there was a time in your, in your childhood or a younger version of you that did not feel safe and still doesn't feel safe. So we guard up our heart, we put on all that armour, we do these protective mechanisms, we quote-unquote self-sabotage or push things away because we're protecting because you're so freaking precious. You don't protect something that isn't precious. But we often will not acknowledge that because we can have these wounds that say, I'm not good enough or I'm not worthy or whatever the case is. But you're so precious and that's why we have these protective mechanisms. But we want to shift those protective mechanisms to make them more nourishing and empowering that allow us to have all the things that we desire and also feel safe. So we find out what's really going on and then we start to heal those wounds and build new ways of protecting, of like setting boundaries. Um, is a really powerful one. How to express yourself and feel safe to actually speak your truth and being like, you don't have to agree with me, but this is what I believe. Or I don't have to agree with you, but I can appreciate your perspective and what you have to share and bring to the table. So, does that kind of answer the question, or do you have anything to follow up? Does anyone else have anything that they want to share? Like maybe you just want to have a share of what resonated for you, or if there's something that you're navigating at the moment that I can support you with? Well, I've always found it really hard in relationship to whether to feel exactly more inward, so the outer world changes, or whether you have to set a boundary and remove yourself from it. How to distinguish the both which can do the inner work all the time and maybe it will change when you want. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, so as you do the inner work, because I feel like the inner work, it's, it's a lifelong journey. We're always going to have more to explore. And it's, I've started to shift the word work for play, so it doesn't feel like, oh, more work. <laughs> But it can start to feel really heavy, like, oh my god, there's another thing, another thing to heal, and it starts to become just another chore. Whereas if we can make this more fun and playful of like, yes, another child to be another part of to love and embrace, we can actually bring more lightness and joyfulness into the space. And then we already start to shift how we're perceiving different things. And then the other parts of this is really building that discernment and that ability to tune into, is this actually the person I want to do life with? Do I, why do I, why am I in this relationship? What do I want, what am I trying to get out of it? Or what am I trying to experience? And asking yourself through contemplative questions, is this the person I want to do life with right now? Because if you're waking up with them and or you're in a relationship and you wake up, you're choosing to be in that. And it's really, again, that leading from the heart part so once you're doing that in work, you're also learning how to lead from the heart and tune and ask yourself, is this where I want to be? Is it the relationship that I truly desire? Do you know what kind of relationship you want? Because some, a lot of us know what we don't want and we focus on what we don't want rather than what we actually want. So then ask yourself, well, okay, let me take some space and feel into what is it that I actually want and is this relationship able to meet that? Is it leading it in any way? And then having a conversation with them and saying, this is actually what I want. 
these are my boundaries. Are you able to meet me here? Maybe not in this very moment, but maybe is it possible for us to get there or start exploring that and seeing if it's possible? And open up the space to actually have fun with this. Like, let's see if we can make this happen. Like, are you on board? Are you keen to play? Do you want to explore this together? But if we don't have that conversation with them, then how are we going to know? Because we're in our heads thinking, well, you're not doing this, you're not doing that. And we're actually judging them for not showing up the way that we want them to. But did we voice that in the very beginning? So we want, to, we want them to know what we truly desire. We also want to know what they truly desire. Because maybe you can't meet their needs or their desires or their boundaries. So we want to make sure we're on the same page. But a lot of us will get excited. We meet someone. It's all new. It's exciting. There's the honeymoon spark and all of that excitement and energy. And we kind of abandon even thinking about all the other stuff. And we just kind of go with it. And then shit starts to hit the fan. Um, I've got a podcast called The Good Girl Unleashed and there's an episode where I talk about the three phases of the relationship and there's the honeymoon phase and then we go into the second phase where it's the shit show <laughs> where all the stuff starts getting triggered and starts coming up and it's giving us the opportunity to heal and resolve. So then the third phase is when you start to move through a lot of that stuff and you start to learn how to lead from your heart, have those conscious conversations. You enter this new phase, which is where my partner and I are now, it doesn't mean it's all just magic all the time or happy days all the time, but it's very, very magical. And it's like, not only do we have the honeymoon spark, we've got this depth. Because I now know him better, he now knows me, and we've gone through so much. And there's a depth of connection that you can't get in that honeymoon phase, but a lot of us are trying to get back to the honeymoon phase rather than moving forwards because we don't realise we're actually on the other side of doing that inner work for ourselves. For me, I feel like it's also important to have someone that is also doing their inner work or moving through that. doesn't mean you have to do the same way because we tend to think like, oh, I'm doing all the work, why aren't you? And we again go into judgement that the person that we're with is not doing these things. And we can get stuck in projection. So again, we've got to ask the question of, is this true, what I'm seeing and saying right now? Or am I projecting some of this? Because when I was saying about my partner, he's not doing the work, I'm doing everything, I'm doing all this stuff, he's not showing up in these ways, I really had to get really honest and realise I wasn't fully showing up myself. I had one foot in, one foot out, ready to escape as soon as things got hard. And there were areas that I hadn't worked on yet. And I had to get really honest with myself and it was really hard. And I had to take responsibility for my part when I'm playing, creating the situation. The more I did that, our relationship has significantly shifted. I can't even really put it into words, beyond words. But at the same time, if we could have got to a point, and we still could get to a point where it's like, things are amazing, but I'm feeling like our time is complete. Or he's feeling our time is complete. And it comes to, well, we've got to really respect that. So the, what I would invite for you to ask is really getting clear on what it is that you want and then having that conversation to ask them, this is what I would love to experience. It's not because I necessarily need it, it's what I desire to experience. And these are my boundaries, this is what's not okay when you're in a relationship with me. Is that something you can meet me on? And then also getting clear on what their desires are, what their boundaries are, and then asking yourself, can I truly meet that? 
doesn't mean you can meet it in every moment. Again, we go through different seasons, we have different challenges, and we have to maneuver in that and be like supportive. But when you're in relationship, you're in relationship with another being. It's not just about you and getting your needs met. It's about supporting one another and having that ability to be like, oh, I can see my partner is going through some stuff right now. How can I be more supportive for them? How can I be there for them? And there comes, that's where a lot of that deep connection comes through because you show up for someone in ways that no one else would show up for them. And it's a really beautiful experience. And my partner has done that for me time and time and time again. And it's really a big part of why we were able to move through so many of those challenging situations that we move through. But even if you're struggling with that or you find that your partner hasn't been able to do that, it doesn't mean that they're not capable. It just means that we need to look at that situation and see what's really going on. Because like I said, we're all unique. We all have a different situation. So it's about seeing where you are, what you're experiencing, where you desire to be, and then bridging that gap and creating the roadmap. But if you don't know where you want to go, if you don't know what you want, you're not going to get there. You're going to get really clear on that and then start taking those steps to get there. Does that answer the question? Does anyone else have anything they want to share or ask? What type of body work would you recommend during pregnancy? Body work? Yeah. Or something like maybe not breath work, or maybe retaining like the breath. Yeah. So what would be what's the um, the intention behind it? So what are you looking to? I go through into the second step of the process. Like okay. Yeah. So the integration work. So a lot of my work, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily have to have breath work. Um, the embodiment work that I offer, like somatic experiencing, it's all safe to do. I do breath work throughout. I did it throughout both my pregnancies. Um, so I'm um, but I do it gentle. So there's a way to do breath work even when you are pregnant. The first trimester is more, um, you're going to be more cautious. There's more just a slow, gentle style of breathing. But then there's also somatic experiencing, which doesn't require breath work. And it's really getting out of the head, like I was talking about. So even I guide through through specific practices, processes, and journeys, and they're all unique. So it's hard to say like this is the one because it depends on what's coming up and what you're navigating. So if you wanted to, um, you can reach out and can have a deeper conversation about what's going on for you. But even with like the inner child work, it's just even meeting that child part of you. Like where do they live inside of your body? So we do that of like getting here with desire and then once you've locked from that, where's the resistance? Where's the tension? Where's the discomfort in the body? Where are they showing up? What do they need? So we have the conversation. And we can even do processes where we embody the inner child and give them a voice. What have they been wanting to express that they haven't been able to express? Maybe it's screaming, maybe it's roaring, maybe it's throwing attention, maybe it's laughing, maybe it's being in their pleasure and being in their exploration. Maybe they have things that they want to share with you um, that they've been holding on to. So it's actually it's going into a bit of um, sometimes like reenactment of like actually just embodying in a child and giving them space to be seen and heard. But there's so many practices you can do, it'll just depend on what you're going through. Um, but if you have any more questions like that, or like this is what I'm experiencing, or this is what I am navigating, come and have a chat with me at anything for the weekend, like I said, or reach out to me online. Um, 
even put your name down for your blanchard, and that way I can actually be like, okay, this would be the best next step for you. Attached 
to your situation, your experience. As long as you've got someone that's able to have those boundaries for themselves and be able to hold the space for you and guide you through it, then you'll find that you go even deeper and you can get to the, like, the core of what's going on and it's just on a much deeper level, which means that it won't come up as often or as strong and over a period of time, it just doesn't come up anymore. So I found like, especially the triggers, that's a big thing that comes up people in relationships, like that was really strong for me, that in the beginning, the triggers, it was like an explosion. Like I just felt like a, a little explosion. Um, and I felt this just like tornado energy. It was like, back away, because someone's gonna get hurt. And then over time, through meeting these different parts and understanding what was actually getting triggered, I can still feel a trigger, but it doesn't overwhelm me anymore. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm just going to take some space. I'm going to nurture myself through this. And if I need support, I'm able to ask my heart, okay, this is coming up. Can you hold space? Can you be there for me? Rather than expecting him just to know. So, yeah, what I've found is that as you do this deeper work and you have that support from someone, you're able to move through the life in a much faster and smoother way. And you find that those things just don't shock anymore, we don't feel that guilt anymore, we're like, oh, I feel proud, I feel celebratory, I've just like, spoken my truth, and I just feel so good about it, I feel so grounded and confident, and it's like this, what I found, um, to give you a little example, is when I first started speaking, so, if you were in my chat earlier, I did a, a chat with my good friend Erin, about embracing all of you, and I was speaking about how my throat was so shut down. And the first time I went to a live on Facebook, I threw my body across the room. I had this massive panic attack. And then, like, I couldn't even do a pre-recorded video. I was just terrified of the camera and speaking in front of people. Um, I could barely speak to my partner, let alone a room full of people. And what I found was that by going through this work, like, even, like, I was just, I hated my voice. So it really resonates with, like, speaking that truth was just felt impossible for me. And I hated the sound of my own voice, whereas now I'll listen back to like a last class that I've ran from and I'm like, oh my god, I feel so good. I'm like really celebratory. I'm like smiling. I'm like, oh, how embarrassing. I'm like <laughs> smiling at myself. Um, I actually take notes. This is some good stuff here. <laughs> and so it's really good now, whereas before it's like, oh, like I feel nauseous when I listen to myself. And so when I work with my clients, the thing I love about doing online is we record them so that they can re-listen and they can receive, receive, receive. Because by listening like to this chat again, you'll find you receive so much from it. If you go and listen to the masterclass I mentioned, you'll receive more the more times you listen to it. But you'll only receive so much at one time, and then as you listen to it again through that repetition, it sinks deeper, like planting those seeds, and they get nurtured and they grow and blossom. And so now it's like gone from being nauseous from like hearing myself to like, oh, look at me good. I'm so excited and I feel elated and I rise up and that light shines brighter and brighter and brighter. So same with this is like speaking your truth more and really celebrating yourself. Yeah, it's actually interesting. I, I've, I've been seeing my truth um, in my entire life with came out of the world um, and like that. I'm um, actually just made a few struggling to feel proud of myself and I said 
literally just said to someone, I really want to work on feeling, feeling that and taking that in and feeling proud of myself. And so I know I'll go from now moving to a process with guilt and how that practice has actually Part of that, that's the right trigger for that. So, yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's like expanding your capacity to feel peace that we spoke about earlier. It's like I was really struggling to feel joy and pleasure and goodness, and celebrating myself was like so foreign. So, these things you have to practice, and if you can celebrate yourself, even for one thing every day, you will see so much transform in your life. I actually have a reminder that goes off on my phone every day three gratitudes and three celebrations. And I got into the practice of celebrating and like cheering myself on and it's completely transformed how I see myself, the relationship I have with myself, and then it transforms how I see others and how I support others. And I'm just constantly feeling the celebration and the beauty of life. And even when shit's hit in the fan and so many challenges and there's a lot of stickiness and discomfort, I can still celebrate those moments. And when you have a day where you're like, I can't think of anything to celebrate. I can't think of anything to be grateful for. That's when you need to do it the most. You want to build up that muscle of celebrating, acknowledging yourself. And the more that you acknowledge yourself, the more seen you feel, the more heard you feel, and then the more that's reflected to you as well. Yeah, so if anyone else here has any trouble with experiencing a certain type of emotion, I encourage you to start practicing being with that emotion and leaning into it and asking yourself, how can I feel this emotion even more? Even just one percent. And it could be whatever that's sometimes you perceive negative or positive. It's angry you struggle with. How can I embrace my sacred rage? How can I really step into the power of my anger and my rage? If it's joy, how can I experience that little bit more joy today? If it's pleasure or grief or whatever it is, how can I just lean into that, that a little bit more? And then the more you do that, the easier it gets. The more it's like, oh yeah, I feel that I don't feel right here. And then as you do that, you expand your capacity to feel all different kinds of emotions and all of the being in life, and that's where true abundance is. It's embracing all the things to Thank you so much for listening to the Good Girl Unleashed podcast. If you are loving this content, go ahead and subscribe to be notified of upcoming episodes. Please leave a five-star review to help me get these powerful teachings and practices to those who need it. If you would like to submit a question or would like to know more about how we can work together, send me an email to info at So much love to you, beautiful human. Until next time.